gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. two cents podcast this is episode 106 which is titled the gift part two i am your host g2 and today is christmas so i want to say merry christmas happy holidays as well and also happy hanukkah to our jewish community as well again i do not know who is listening to this of any uh religion so i do want to cover all bases but without further ado before i get into the topics today i just wanted to say that and also want to give you guys the national food days of the week today being christmas it is pumpkin pie day which is weird to me but that's today's national food day of the week well of the day uh, tomorrow, December 26th, it is Candy Cane Day. December 27th, it is Fruitcake Day. Nothing on December 28th. December 29th, it is Pepper Pot Day. December 30th, it is Bacon Day. And then to cap it off, December 31st, which is New Year's Eve, it is Champagne Day. So everybody on New Year's Eve, please drink responsibly with your champagne. And please don't do anything stupid as well. Now, before I get into anything... Tomorrow, December 26th, will be the first day of Kwanzaa. Now, I'm surprised that Kwanzaa falls on the 26th. Again, I don't know much about anybody other religious holidays. So I had to look up what Kwanzaa meant. And the definition of Kwanzaa means the first fruits. It means in Swahili, each family celebrates Kwanzaa in its own way. But the celebration often includes songs, dances, African drums, storytelling, poetry reading, and a large traditional meal. Doing my research of Kwanzaa, Kwanzaa starts on December 26th and it ends on January 1st. And each day of Kwanzaa is devoted to celebrating the basic seven values of African culture, which are unity, self-determination, collective work and responsibility, cooperative economics, which means building black businesses, purpose, creativity, and faith. So I just wanted to throw out what Kwanzaa means and what each day supposedly represents. So again, congratulations to anybody that represents uh, or celebrates Kwanzaa. I don't want to throw that out there. Just forget uh, Kwanzaa because I mentioned Hanukkah last week. I mentioned Hanukkah today and today's Christmas. So I have to include Kwanzaa in that as well. Now, with that all being said, I have to read off some condolences here. This week, we lost a plentiful of people, so I'd rather just start off. The first person that came to my mind that we lost this week was a general hospital actor who died at the age of 55. Her name was Sonia Edie. According to TMZ, Edie, who is most famously known for her role in General Hospital, died after dealing with complications from a non-emergency surgery. On December 21st, her business partner and close friend, Tyler Ford, told the news outlet that the 55-year-old actress visited the doctor for a pre-scheduled procedure. On December 9th, she was released on December 11th, but returned on December 15th because she fell ill after the surgery. Doctors then discovered that Edie developed an infection that became unattainable. On Monday, December 19th, the morning of the soap opera star was placed on life support and died later that night. 
Her close friend and fellow actress Octavia Spencer shared the tragic news on the following day. She announced Edie's passing in an Instagram post. My friend Sonia Edie passed away last night. Spencer wrote as her caption under a headshot of Edie, the world lost another creative angel. Her legions of General Hospital ABC fans will miss her. Edie joined General Hospital in 2006, and in real life, Edie was also a licensed vocational nurse. In her last episode on General Hospital, aired in November 2020, Edie also appeared in numerous television shows and movies, including Inspector Gadget, Barbershop, Daddy Daycare, Matchstick, Men, Bad News Bears, Seven Pounds, The Perfect Game, and Pee Wee's Big Holiday. So if we could, please send some holiday cheer and just some condolences to Sonia Edie's families and friends as they are dealing with this loss of a loved one. Another person that we lost this week was Memphis rapper Big Scar, who died at the age of 22. The label confirms as this comes from News Channel 3, WREG Memphis. According to TMZ, Big Scar died from an accidental prescription drug overdose. His uncle, Arthur Woods, confirmed it and said he did not know when his nephew got the medication. Memphis-based rapper Big Scar, born Alexander Woods, died on Thursday, according to his record label. So, ladies and gentlemen, please be aware of what your kids are taking. I know people don't know because that man was a grown man at the age of 22, but please just try to keep up. If you happen to go and see your kids, just look into their stuff. I know they don't want you to, but you got to as a parent and all this type of stuff to make sure that type of things. And also as a sibling as well, to make sure your sibling isn't doing anything idiotic. But again, for somebody to pass over a um drug overdose or an accidental drug overdose is a crying shame especially close to the holidays so i want to send big scars uh families my condolences especially since it was an accidental drug overdose we all know in the uh hip-hop community people do uh medication they do prescribed uh drugs is not secretive however i just I'm always saddened whenever you hear about somebody so young dying because of something like this, which was crazy when you always hear about it, but it's a common reoccurrence in the hip-hop business. At least he didn't die over shooting. That's the one thing I can't say I am glad for, because if he would have died over shooting, we would have just said, okay, business as usual. But for an accidental drug overdose, I just want people that are in the hip-hop industry, please stop taking drugs in general, one, and two, stop doing any type of, like, prescription drugs if you are not really prescribed to that drug, so please, please be careful out there, but again, not taken away from this, please uh, send your condolences to Big Scar's family and friends, and also to round this out, the MMA community lost a UFC legend, his name was Stefan Bonner, he died at the age of 45, it was announced on Saturday that on Christmas Eve, the UFC cited heart complications at work, for the cause of death of Stephen Bonner on Thursday. Uh, Stephen Bonner was one of the most important fighters to ever compete in the octagon, said UFC president Dana White in a statement. His fight with Forrest Griffin changed the sport forever, and he will never be forgotten. The fans loved him, related to him, and he always gave them his best. He will be missed. So, ladies and gentlemen, that was another person that passed away, makes martial arts legend Stephen Bonner. I knew him because of that fight with uh Forrest Griffin I'll tune in to UFC from time to time and somehow every time without a beat missing somebody will always cite that they've gotten into the sport because of that fight or they mentioned that fight just on UFC and I remember looking at that fight a little bit on YouTube from time to time so again I know who the man was I know his fight with Forrest Griffin I know the whole lore and legend behind it that was the finale of the Ultimate Fighter 1 and 
as legend says, the UFC wasn't in a good financial spot, but apparently that fight right there and also the Tito Ortiz and Ken Shamrock pay-per-view that kind of turned the tide for the UFC and their first wave before they got sold to another uh, people to run the company. But I digress. Stefan Bonner, his fight with Forrest Griffin did help change UFC and help them get back in the green instead of the red. So uh, Stefan Bonner, I hope your family finds some peace, find some something in this, because again, it's Christmas time, it's holiday time, and for people to be passing away and dropping like flies, it's kind of crazy, just constantly back and forth. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, this week, people have been dropping like flies, there were musicians passing away, there were uh, other people passing away, that I just, there's too many people to cover, I think I needed to cover these three, because one, I just felt like it, and two, um, I don't think me covering 10 more other people that passed away this week would do you any justice because it's supposed to be happy season. It's supposed to be the holiday time. As a matter of fact, it's supposed to be Christmas Day if you're listening to this on Christmas Day the way that this episode was intended. Um, I just want people to realize you're here with your family right now. Enjoy the time that you have. Don't be a prick. Don't be angry. Don't do none of that because guess what? Life is extremely too short. I've said it before and I'll say it again. We are on this earth for a small, finite amount of time. We think we have enough time, but I guarantee you it all snaps away quickly. Ask somebody that is 70 years old. Do they remember what they felt like or what they being 20? Just ask them that or ask them how does it feel to be how old they are now? Something along the lines, they might say they remember being 20 like it was a blink of the eye, or they might tell somebody, hey, take every day for a blessing. Don't just constantly go on and go to the next thing. I have spoke to elders. I've spoken to people at, that were former uh, servicemen and women. They always said they want to go back because they remember exactly where they were at a certain age. They remember what it was like to be a certain age, and now that they're here at their elder state they wish they could just go back and relive those time so ladies and gentlemen the time that you have now on this earth please spend it with the people that you have around you don't be a dick don't just get upset and be angry off of any stupid thing this is the holidays this is christmas time right now take this as an opportunity just to be grateful that you're even around to be here and see another day please because, again, you could have just died off just like everybody else that has passed away this 2022 and everybody that's passed away this past week alone. So, please, don't be a dick. Now, continuing on with more bad news. Um, We got news out of the NBC. It was a 19-year-old killed in the shooting at a Nordstrom in Mall of America, police say. A 19-year-old was killed Friday night in a shooting at a store in the Mall of America in Bloomington, Minnesota. Police said the victim, whose identity has not yet been released, was shot during a fight that happened on the first floor of Nordstrom. Police Chief Booker Hodges told reporters. Mall security video recorded the altercation, which took place between two groups of between five and nine people. During the fight, a male pulled out a gun and fired multiple shots at the victim. Hodges said it was unclear what led to the fight. He said a group of five to seven people fled out a door after the shooting and no arrest has been made as of late Friday. Now, that would be updated because five teenagers will be arrested in the deadly uh, shooting as this will be coming from ABC News. Five teenagers are in custody in connection with the deadly sh uh, shooting at the Mall of America on Friday. Three 17-year-olds and two 18-year-old male suspects were arrested Saturday, blooming police chief 
Booker Hodges said, we are fairly confident that we do have the people responsible for murdering the victim in custody, Hodges told reporters during a briefing on Saturday. Hodges said police believe one of the 18-year-old suspects is the shooter. All five suspects will be charged with second-degree murder, he said. Going further into the article, they say that the police are working to determine if a second shooter was involved in the incident. Hodges said a motive in the shooting is still unclear. People flat out are just not cooperating and people don't want to talk, he said. So, we're now trying to figure that out. Well, not we. The authorities in Minnesota are trying to figure that crap out of why this type of crap happened at a mall of America. It's weird. It's not weird when you got a group of two groups of men just constantly going back and forth with each other. Remember, they're what 18 year olds, 17 year olds, 19 year olds. They're all about machismo, nothing but machismo just brewing right all through them. So they got to feel like the man any in every single way. If you feel disrespected, these kids now they're not all about punching and fighting and just getting into a brawl with each other. No, they're all about start shooting each other. That's the one thing I do miss about being a kid, at least around in my era, at least in the early 2000s. Kids at least fought one another. You had a problem, you got to straight and start scrapping, you got to punch each other, hit each other, and all that type of stuff. Kids now, they just want to just start pulling a gun out, start shooting each other. They have literally no uh, value for life. You guys could just easily fight each other and literally just call it a day. Hey, I lost, I lost, call it a day. Or if I lost, hey, I'm going to get him whenever I see him again. Hey, that's just usually what it is. But for you guys to just start pulling the gun out and start just shooting at one another, that will never make sense to me. Kids do not value life anymore. I don't understand it. I don't know if it's because of whoever they're influenced by any particular media, whether it be entertainment or what they see on all the social media apps or whatever the they listen to i don't know what it is but parents please look after your kids please tell them hey if you happen to get into altercation with somebody just walk away because now kids are shooting each other this is not cool this is not right if they were scrapping i would say okay cool fine whatever but they're no longer scrapping or trying to brawl with each other they're just now just starting to pull a weapon now start shooting that's not good that's not needed this is disgusting this whole situation Still could have happened, but it just could have ended with at least with them fighting each other, and at least somebody would have at least got detained and arrested. Cool, fine, whatever, but for a brawl, but for a shooting, it just doesn't make no sense, at least in my mind, and I think as somebody that has at least an adult level-headed mindset, I think any adult looking at this will say, yeah, this doesn't make sense, and it will never, ever make sense. Now onto the next topic. This topic, this incident could have ended tragic, but it did not. Coming from NBC4 New York, a title reads, New York family dog wakes sleeping parents and kids in time to escape Christmas Eve fire. A dog is being credited with saving a New York family of four when their home caught fire overnight. Police officials said the fire started around 2 a.m. Christmas Eve at the home on Barry Lane in Mardonia. The family's dog scratched on a bedroom door, waking everyone up just in time to escape, according to a GoFundMe account set up to help the family. Everyone sleeping inside the Rockland County home and the family's two dogs got outside unharmed. Responding firefighters were able to knock down the fire, but not before the flames had already spread to the attic and roof. Police said the house was deemed uninhabitable, meaning the house is no longer savable and more than likely this family's going to be homeless. Hopefully they have some type of home insurance on the home and they can get some money off of the home, but we'll have to see when the time comes about. So far right now, as the time of this recording, there is no official word on what caused the fire. So I do want to say uh, this story, again, still could have ended 
incredibly more tragic than what it is. Sure, our family's out right now and it's extremely cold in New York and extremely cold around uh, the United States, but they are still living. Hopefully, they're right now inside of a shelter or they're at a family or friend's home right now. Um, I do hope that they have some type of insurance. I really do, because this is uh, traumatic. Kids losing their home and also their gifts. The parents losing a home, and now they got to figure out what they're going to do with their uh, kids and all this type of stuff. It's incredibly sad, but again, this thing could have ended way more worse. So I am glad that they, this family is living because of their dog. So one thanks to the dog. Thank you. And also, again, this story could have ended incredibly more worse than what it is. So I want to say, one, thank God it didn't. But two... Now it's up to the parents, and hopefully they have some type of insurance on the home so they can get money and hopefully start another, well, regain another home. Now, on to the next topic. This is coming from Vibe. Tory Lanez was found guilty on all felony charges in the Megan Thee Stallion shooting, and the father reacts. Tory Lanez, or better known as Daystar Peterson, his legal name was found guilty on Friday, December 23rd, by a Los Angeles jury on three felony counts. Tory Lanez has been convicted of assault with a semi-automatic handgun, carrying a loaded unregistered firearm in a vehicle, and discharging a firearm with gross negligence. Jurors unanimously concluded that Tory Lanez assaulted Megan Thee Stallion with a semi-automatic firearm, causing bodily harm. After an argument in the summer of 2020, the New York Times reports. Rolling Stone also reported that Tory Lanez's father, Sunstar, exclaimed after the verdict, This wicked system, you two are wicked. You are evil, pointing at the prosecutors before being forced out of the courtroom. Some star was seated in front row alongside Tory Lanez's five-year-old son, Kai. Law and crime reporter Megan Kierniff, who's been on the scene for the duration of the trial, tweeted that it was a crazy and downright scary scene in the courtroom as Tory Lanez's father and stepmother screamed about wicked injustice. She also noted that Sunstar was yelling about Rock Nation. Rock Nation, for people that don't know, that's the company that signed uh, Megan Thee Stallion. So they're trying to basically say that the fix was in and Tory Lanez was always going to be found guilty here. My point is this. Listen, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I just wanted to hear Tory Lanez speak his side in the courtroom. That did not happen. He did not take the stand. He chose not to or his lawyer decided not to or however the freaking case went about. He did not go on the stand. So that was all up to him. But also, again, from all the reports that was coming out last week with everything, and it looked like it was going Tory Lanez's way and how people, even of public perception, were starting to flip and start to ride with Tory saying like, okay, this doesn't seem that it's going to add up and Tory Lanez might get either acquitted or this thing was going to be not a hung jury, but what's the other thing that they called a mistrial? People thought it was going to go that way and that Tory Lanez didn't need to say nothing, but Apparently, it didn't go that way. Again, Tory Lanez's father and people in the media, certain aspects are thinking that this was a inside job from Rock Nation or whoever it might be. I don't know. I think we all can admit that Tory Lanez and Kelsey and Megan, they had some type of situation that night. Will we ever know who truly ever shot a weapon? No. Nobody will ever know. And again, that's still the most shocking thing about this to me. This incident happened in 2020 and... With all the technology, all this high-tech stuff that we have, everybody with ring cameras and all this type of stuff, you mean to tell me nobody caught that incident of Tori or Kelsey or whoever it was that shot Megan Thee Stallion? 
that footage never came out, no nothing. We always get the conclusion of whenever police are there, we see Megan walking backwards, we see Tory Lanez being laid on the ground, all this type of stuff. We always get that footage. We never ever got the footage of somebody or a gun just basically going off and popping Megan in the foot or whatever the crap happened. That's always the weirdest thing to me. Again, we're in the age where if you speed, they got you on freaking video with it. If you walk out of a store, you're on camera. Everybody has a camera somewhere around either a lane or anything. That's only if, and I want to correct this, only if you live in a big town or even a big uh, city. Those are the only times you have cameras everywhere. Sometimes if you don't have a big city or town, you might not have cameras in your locations, but the places where Tory Lanez and Megan, this place was at this rich high city, Kylie Jenner style uh, street or address. You mean to tell me that nobody on that road had any type of ring camera that caught the incident? I just find that fishy. But again, I was not a part of the jury. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know all that stuff that went into this trial. Again, I just watched from the sideline. And my whole thing was, I just wanted Tory Lanez to say something or at least get his right and ability to say something instead of always being slapped with a gag order and he couldn't say nothing so now that the trial has been done you know there's going to be an appeal session happening his lawyers are going to try to appeal it they're going to do what they want i believe right now he's facing or possibly could be facing uh going back to canada being deported and facing probably like 20 some odd years in jail 22 or more time in jail um again an appeal will happen it's going to happen. I don't know what uh, court is probably going to look at that and go through all that uh, information all over again. It could be a possibility. Crazier things have happened. But again, uh, Tory Lanez has been found guilty. Megan Thee Stallion has, uh, or at least the jury has proven that Megan Thee Stallion was right in this situation. And again, just seeing the public going back and forth on Twitter constantly. You had Tory supporters. You had Megan Thee Stallion supporters going back and forth. Listen, this whole thing was dramatic. It was a clown show. It was a crap show. Just hearing people recapping it and then reading the comments, it was completely disgusting on both sides. Megan's side, her fans, and Tory Lane's side, his fans. It was disgusting on both ends, but hey, this was a real incident. This is uh, containing real people, Tory Lane's, Kelsey, and Megan, and also their family behind each of their respective members of this incident. And hopefully each person could find some peace. I know Megan, I hope she, Megan can, because again, she did have something happen to her. Let's not try to fast forward that something did happen to her. But I don't know if people are going to ever believe that Tory Lanez actually shot her. I don't believe people are actually going to ever let go of the fact of the thought process of Tory Lanez did shoot her. People are going to say that he did. Some people are going to say that he didn't. Some people are going to say that Kelsey did whoever knows again i hope each three of these members could find some type of peace within themselves and again more than likely tory lane's uh, lawyer is going to appeal this so we just have to wait in due time as well now on to the next topic as this comes from people as the article reads mom of missing north carolina girl allegedly waited weeks to tell police because she feared husband's reaction manalina 
Kojukari was reported missing on December 15th, but her mother says she last saw her on November 23rd. A Cornelius, North Carolina woman accused of waiting three weeks to report her 11-year-old daughter missing claim to police that she failed to come forward because she was afraid of her husband's reaction, multiple outlets reported. Diana Kojukari, 37, told police she believed her husband put her family in danger, according to an arrest sheet reviewed by WBTV.com and claimed she had no idea where her daughter, Madalena, might be. According to Queen City News, Diana received a home visit from a local detective shortly after she reported Madalena missing on December 15th. Diana reportedly told a detective that some of her daughter's clothing was missing. She also said there was no family in the area with whom Madalena could be staying per Queen City News. Records reviewed by Queen City News also alleged that Diana's 60-year-old husband, Christopher Paul Mitter, drove to Michigan on the night of the 6th graders' November 23rd disappearance after arguing with his wife. Christopher is Madalena's stepfather. Diana reportedly told authorities she waited weeks to report Madalena missing because she was afraid of Christopher's reaction per court records. So now both the mother and stepfather have been charged with failure to report the disappearance of a child to law enforcement. On Tuesday, the Cornelius Police Department released surveillance footage of Madalena getting off the school bus on November 21st, two days before she vanished. The police department also posted up a handwritten open letter on Facebook pleading for assistance and community support. We as a family are devastated and absolutely heartbroken to learn that Madalena is missing. We love Madalena and are shocked by those circumstances. This is something no child or family should ever have to endure, the letter reads. Madalena is a beautiful, smart, kind, and loving 11-year-old girl with greatness in her future. It continues. We are desperate to find her right now. She needs all of our help. Madalena was last seen in her Cornelius home about 20 miles outside of Charlotte. Her mother and stepfather reported her missing to a school resource officer at Bailey Middle School on December 15th after the school reportedly complained about the child's absence from class so madalena is still missing i hope that she gets reportedly found i ah boy i don't like to wish nothing bad and i'm not wishing nothing bad but boy i hate to say it like this i hope that they do find her let me just say that i hope that they do find her it's been a month now though but if we're going to be honest it's been about a month but miracles can't always happen and somebody probably could have madalena somewhere and she just could be uh, stashed out somewhere, which again is not the greatest thing to happen, but is better than uh, dying. But just being kidnapped by somebody, a weirdo, is one of the again a weirdo situation, and I don't want that to happen to nobody out here. So if anybody has any whereabouts of Madalena or anything about that, please call up the Cornelius uh, Police Department and just give them any information that you do have. I hope that. Madalena is found once that came to my uh once that was on the news this week and I looked at that and I just questioned like wow okay that's weird why did the mother wait so long to report that her child was missing so that made me already start thinking okay so the mother and possibly the stepfather could have done something allegedly again it hasn't been uh stated it was never stated it's not been found out they haven't they were not arrested for doing something to the daughter. They only been arrested for failing to report the disappearance of a child to law enforcement. So I'm not saying they did something to the girl, but it's always shaky 
whenever a family member, whoever the legal guardian is, to not report that their child is missing after a long circumference of time has passed whenever they last saw their kid. So again, I'm not saying that the mother and or stepfather did something. I'm just saying that it's real shaky. And again, I'm hoping and praying that Madalena is found. I really do. I hope that she's found alive, living and well, so that she at least can live with some other family member instead of her mother, because apparently her mother was not doing a good job. Because again, for you not to report anything because you're afraid of your husband, I just don't buy that. I don't, but again, there are some possibilities. There have been movies and television shows where the wife was afraid of their husband and they just did anything to please their husband in situations. This could be that, but I would think whenever you have a child involved, you do what's best for the child. You say, screw your feelings and screw how you feel. You have to do what's best for the child. So again, I understand, but then there's a part of me that says, nope, you still have a child on your hands. You have a child to provide for, so you should have did what's best for your child. So, it's a catch-22 here, but I wish that uh, the mother would have reported it. But again, please, if you have any information about Madalena, please call up the Cornelius uh, Police Department and please give them all the information that you do have so this little girl can be found and please be uh, brought back to her extended family. Please. Now onto my last topic, as this again comes from NBC4 New York, as it reads, New York City Bishop robbed of a million dollars in jewels on live stream, arrested on fraud and extortion charges. A notorious New York City Bishop with a criminal record and a long trail of questions about his lavish lifestyle is now facing federal fraud and extortion charges. Lamar Whitehead was arrested Monday morning. On an indictment out of Manhattan, the U.S. Attorney Office said Whitehead, who garnered international attention earlier this year after being robbed of $1 million, well, $1 million of jewelry on a live stream Sunday service, allegedly defrauded a member of the congregation out of $90,000 in retirement savings to buy himself luxury gifts, the government said. We are vigorously going to defend those accusations, Whitehead's attorney said. Everyone was wrong about Bishop Lamar Whitehead setting up the robbery at the church. People were arrested. He had nothing to do with it. Whitehead did not answer any questions from reporters on Monday at a news conference earlier this week. Whitehead pushed back on questions about the alleged theft of the parishers' funds, chastising reporters for even asking about it, in addition to accusing the pastor of ripping a woman off at his church and swindling her life savings. Prosecutors alleged that Whitehead, known as the Bling Bishop, extorted $5,000 from a businessman and then tried to get the same person to lend him $500,000 in exchange for favorable actions from the New York City government, which Whitehead knew he could not obtain. And they put in parentheses in the article, Whitehead is well known to have a long-standing and close relationship with Mayor Eric Adams, who the bishop has publicly described as a mentor, brother, and friend. Prosecutors also allege Whitehead lied about having multiple cell phones during the execution of a search warrant by the FBI. It was not immediately clear when that happened. Prosecutors said his campaign of fraud stops now. Whitehead has previously served five years in prison on identity theft charges, now could face up to 20 years in prison on each of the wire fraud and extortion charges, which there are three, so meaning that he could totally face up to 60 years in prison. I am not shocked by this at all. When I first saw this guy in the whole robbery, I said, well, well done. 
To be honest, I don't think no type of pastor should be walking around with a million dollars worth of jewelry on, whether him and his wife collectively be together or just him or his wife. I don't care who it is. Anybody walking around with a million dollars worth of jewelry on you or having a big old neon sign saying, rob me, rob me, rob me. That's my personal opinion. I'm not saying for somebody to do it. I'm just saying you're begging somebody to do it, especially somewhere like New York City, just New York in general. We know the type of history that New York has. We all know there are certain areas in New York you're not supposed to go around. Let's be honest that there are people out there, quote unquote, that are hungry and the streets are hungry. That's the words out there. Meaning that people out there are going to rob and take whatever they can because they are starving. They're not in the best conditions, living conditions, uh, financial conditions, all that type of stuff. So they're trying to take any advantage that they can to make themselves be on the come up. So when I heard about him getting robbed, quote unquote, of a million dollars this past summer, I said, like, OK, cool. He was an idiot for having that million dollars on him. But whatever the case may be, whatever, whatever. Now, coming to find out that he has took $90,000 out of somebody's retirement savings to buy himself luxury gifts, as this is coming from the government. And again, this is allegedly. Um, this doesn't shock me at all. Again, I've always been questionable of the congregation, aka a black church. I've always been questionable about that. And I'm not saying for other people to question black churches. I just want people, again, this will always be my thing. Whenever you go to a church and they have you do offerings and tithings, look at your church surroundings, look at what your pastor is driving, look at what's going around in your uh, building. Because again, if nothing looks like it's being fixed up, that pastor's doing something with your money. He might not be using it to uh, rebuild the building up. He might be using it for his own personal gains to get from places here and there, or he might be buying stuff with for his family or whatever the case may be. Just look at certain things around your church. That's all I'm basically trying to get at here because, again, a black church likes to take in money and do all that type of stuff, and it just is sketchy, and I'm not just going to put that all in a black church. I say black church because, well, I'm black, first and foremost, and secondly, that's the only type of church I do know because I only go to those, but we have heard of white churches doing the exact same thing. Not so much of Hispanic churches. Again, that hasn't been reported out there, but we have heard of white churches, but also that's the kind of things that black churches talk about on the whisper, hush and hush, between a member of a church to another church. People will always hear about another church doing foul with uh, foundation or congregation style money. So again, this doesn't shock me at all in the slightest. However, I just want people to please be aware of where your money is going in these churches that you are giving this money to. And again, hopefully they get what they got to get with Whitehead. Hopefully Whitehead's lawyers find what they have to do. Again, I don't know nothing. I just have my own personal stance on where I feel where money is involved in church uh, situations. I have my own personal stance. I'm not going to try to tell anybody what to do with theirs. I'm just saying, just look around and make sure everything's good in your church and make sure that your money's actually going somewhere and you actually do know where it's going. Because you can see it. Certain people act dumb and play dumb and say, oh, I can't see it or I never saw it. And then when something big happens, I never knew. Oh, no, you knew. You just played dumb to it. Just look around and make sure that you know where your money's going inside of your congregation. That's all I'm trying to say with this uh, news thing right here. But again, more power to the government, more power to Whitehead. Hopefully, Whitehead has a good lawyer. He can fight this. And if it turns out to be false, hey, it's false. But if it turns out to be true, put this man in jail.
because again, I don't like people playing around with the word, playing around being a pastor, a bishop, any type of uh, religious leader and taking advantage of a congregation member. That's disgusting. That's nasty. That's deplorable in my personal book. And I think anybody that's been to a church or even has any sliver of dealing with religion, they will find that disgusting themselves. Shoot, I scratched that. If you have no idea with religion, if you just hear somebody being taken advantage of somebody for money, we all find that nasty. It just adds another extra layer of nastiness when you find out that it is, is somebody doing this on a religious, faith-like, built occupation doing it. It just adds another layer of nastiness to it. So again, I have my own feelings, but I'm not going to put that into this. Again, more power to everybody in this situation. I just want to bring that up to everybody so everybody will know what's going down with the new events with uh, Bishop Lamar Whitehead and the government. Now... Ladies and gentlemen, I told you this episode wasn't going to be long. I told you this yesterday. If you listen to the Wrestling Highlights of the Week, towards the end of the episode, I said it was going to be a 30-minute episode, 45-minute, because today's Christmas. I want people to spend time with their family. I want people to enjoy themselves. I don't want people to just be uh, conditioned to listen to me on a big old holiday like this, like that. That's not my standard type of flow. If I had another person with me, then it would probably be a different scenario. But since it's just me and I make my own rules for this, I decided to cut this thing short so I can enjoy my family as well as you guys enjoy your family and or friends as well. But if you're not with friends or family, hey, just enjoy yourself, lay back. You can listen to old episodes of mine if you want to hear more from this illustrious voice. Hey, you can just go back in the back catalog on Apple, uh, Podbeam, Google, wherever you are listening to this uh, episode at, and just enjoy yourself, please. So with that, I want to say this. One, I want to thank Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts, Podbeam, Audible, all that type of stuff for allowing me to continue to do what I've been doing for the past two years. It has been two years. I started December 23rd, 2020. It is now December 25th, 2022. I have been doing this podcasting thing literally for two years every single week without a miss constantly this is what you call consistency so anybody that wants to know how it is to be consistent just check this out trust me you might think oh you just talk on a mic for oh hour hour and a half all this type of stuff no you gotta look up stuff you gotta find stuff out you gotta find information you gotta backtrack on something that you did say pass and apologize for or double down on it if you're writing it you got to do all that type of stuff. This is quasi-easy. I'm not going to hold you. Again, if you go back to the first episode of mine, you can hear me trembling. You can hear me uh, being scared on the mic. I can even remember being uh, hyperventilating from time to time, trying to control myself and my own breathing during this whole process. I didn't have a good mic quality. I mean, I was not doing good, but again, it was me just diving into this thing. And now two years later... I feel that I've done extremely better. I feel that way because right now I don't feel nervous talking into this mic. I don't feel nervous doing this when I edit the stuff. It sounds great to me. Sometimes it sounds a little bit choppy, but again, it's still in the work of progress here. So again, two years of doing this constantly, every week, not missing an episode and seeing the results from people downloading it in different states for the first year. Now, during the second year, I went international with it this year. I got into Canada, Mexico, Brazil, Finland, uh, over there in the UK, Germany, Russia, China, Japan, uh, even like North America from time to time. 
I mean, even in Africa too. I mean, this podcast has really hit other countries. It's done way better than I expected it to do because again, I'm just a guy from a small town, from a <laughs> retirement style state. It's and I, I don't have the biggest uh, social media presence, but again, somehow by peer hook or by crook and by listeners to somehow just extending it from one listener to another i'm getting out there the podcast is getting out there and i want to thank everybody for doing that so again i want to thank all these download uh streams that have me up here they allow me to do what i do and also to you guys the people that download this stuff every episode every week i want to thank you guys tremendously so always remember i love you i love you i love you I love you all. I thank you all. I truly do mean that. I want you guys to have a great Christmas, great Hanukkah. And also, if you do celebrate Kwanzaa tomorrow, have a great Kwanzaa. Have a great holidays. Please don't be a dick. Please be courteous out here if you're driving. If you are driving, please be careful, too, because, again, we are all in cold areas around here in the United States. Every state is somehow just extremely cold. I know where I'm at, it's cold, cold over here. And it's crazy, but it's the truth we usually don't get that cold down here but this year it happened and i'm not gonna cry about it but again if you are driving out here please be safe careful please be safe please protect your mental health again if you have any suicidal thoughts if you're in the united states i have the suicide hotline information in the episode description please call that uh number because i don't want nobody to self-transition in this week of holidays as well as we're going into next week where it's going to be time for new year's and new year's eve and all that type of stuff and again you know what time it is i'll be back next week and uh i know i'm gonna say i'm giving you guys my new year's resolution but i hope to tell you guys what i want to expand more into the new year's but i'll get more into that next week but with that all being said have a great christmas kwanzaa hanukkah happy holidays this is from my two cents podcast myself and my family going off to you guys and your families and well with your loved ones please have a great time please don't be a dick and you will hear from this sweet illustrious voice next week but if you want to listen to me uh you can listen to the back catalog of episodes that i've published from years ago and a couple months ago as well so that's available for you on any of your uh podcast sites that you're listening to this but anyway i love you all i thank you this isn't goodbye this isn't here this is until you hear from the sweet sounding voice again this has been my two cents podcast hosted by g2 he is i and i am him i love you all and with that kanye could you please take these people home i'm tired you tired uh-huh. jesus wept uh-huh.